This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the AEC Engineering and Technology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping engineering professionals find technology that fits their needs. This podcast is the eighth episode in our 10-episode series called Unveiling Tech Horizons. Throughout this series, we will revolutionize AEC consulting by delving into cutting-edge technology such as AI, BIM, digital twins, PM resourcing tools, and more. In this episode, I will be speaking with Frank Lazaro, an accomplished inventor, author, and the co-founder and chief marketing officer at Sobo about how AI is shaping AEC marketing and sales, practical steps for implementation, recommendations, and the future of AI in this sector. With that, let's jump into today's episode. Frank, welcome to the show. Yes, glad to be here. Glad to have you on. So we've got a lot to talk about today in the, the world of AI that seems to be ever-changing. So like, let's get right into it. Frank, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, introduce yourself to the audience and um, what you do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Frank Lazaro, I've uh, had a very interesting career. I kind of, you know, span multiple industries and, you know, in the last couple of years have, have been really focused on the AEC industry, um, having more recently worked with the an AE firm here in Atlanta, um, leading their client services and innovation. And I've really enjoyed technology throughout my whole career. And I've really kind of leaned into AI and kind of figuring out how I could use AI on my uh, day-to-day basis in terms of creating content, you know, answering proposals, trying to figure out how to be more efficient. And ended up writing a book on AEC Marketer's Guide to Artificial Intelligence for Sales, Marketing, and Proposal. So for me, you know, my whole career, regardless of what industry I was in, you know, really kind of focused on technology and then really kind of started leaning into um, figuring out how to kind of incorporate AI into my day-to-day base. Um, The things I focus on now is, you know, one, speaking. I I do a lot of presenting, um, whether they're webinars live or in person, um, and really kind of focused on, you know, how do we incorporate technology and AI to kind of make us better marketers within the AEC space? Uh, so really kind of focused on helping my clients and, and really kind of focused on figuring out how to incorporate technology and in what we do on a day-to-day basis. And for anyone who didn't have a pen and wanted to jot down the title of Frank's book, that'll actually be in the show notes, right? I've actually got my copy sitting right here, right? So we're going to we're gonna talk about some of these topics that Frank touches on in his book, but Frank, could you go into a little more detail, right? How is AI currently impacting AEC firms and their marketing and sales efforts? Interesting question. And I think that's a question that comes up in almost every conversation I have. It's, you know, they understand the concept of AI. So most AE firms understand, like they, they know it's there. The problem is, is they don't know kind of where to go with it and what to do next. What's my first step? And so typically I like to break it down that there's really, AI is going to impact this industry in, in, in stages, in really three stages. The first stage, and, and this is what's happening right now, it's all around content creation. So AI is impacting individuals' marketing departments first. It's easy, um, it's low risk, creating social media content, creating project sheets, you know, analyzing proposals, doing things that are just kind of administrative, but AI is kind of help facilitating that. 
the evolution of this is that you're going to probably see it kind of start evolving into the applications that the organization uses, whether it's, you know, your Autodesk applications, whether it's your ERP on the back end, whether it's, you know, um, Photoshop or Illustrator or any of those little graphics tools. Even if you're using drone technology, image recognition, image rendering, that's where it's going to impact your organization next. And then finally, it'll eventually impact project delivery. It'll get into, you know, helping you generate reports, create construction documents, do all the things that you would think from a project delivery standpoint. So I think, you know, you're going to see an evolution. I think right now, the biggest impact is really around just that content creation on the, on the sales and marketing side. But as all these other organizations, uh, all these other applications start in integrating and incorporating AI, you're going to start seeing it in those back office applications and then eventually into what, what I would call project delivery. I would agree, Frank. And I think some of that project delivery pieces here, right? And speaking to someone who's coming from the operations side and, you know, mm -hmm. some of our previous guests on this show, right? Like yeah. image recognition and, you know, like let's say crack detection and other defects in infrastructure, right? Yeah. That type of, AI is here today. Now, how companies are actually using it, right? That's a different question. It, it is a different question. And, and one of the things I'd like to, when I, when I talk to an organization about this, you know, one of the first things I ask is, what is your AI policy? Like, what are you, what are you allowing or not allowing your organization to do? And I think that's a really good place to start. You need to identify that innovative leader within your organization that's going to kind of lead the challenge to kind of help you figure this out. And then spend some time figuring out how we're going to use this. Because I think what people are, are missing through all of this, it's not a matter of if AI is going to be part of what they do. It's a matter of when. You know, think about this for a second. If you're a Microsoft 365 um, organization, meaning that you use Outlook, Excel, PowerPoint, and whatnot within your organization, as soon as Microsoft releases Copilot, every single person in your organization is going to have access to AI. What are the rules? How do you want them to use it? How do you not want them to use it? So I think it's important for them to kind of think about um, their AI policy. And I think they need to kind of start thinking about identifying that one leader within their organization that's going to help them from an innovation standpoint. What is Who is your innovator leader, right? And then figure out those steps before it gets too far down the path. And then you're kind of playing catch up to try to figure out, okay, we got all these people using AI and we don't we don't have a handle on how we want them to manage it. That's actually a great example or response to the next question I want to ask you, Frank, right? Because you hear the buzz and the hype of AI just in the general media, right? Yeah. So for those AEC firms who like they get it and they understand what's possible, like what do you recommend so they can actually execute on AI, right? And it sounds like the first step is understand like what your policy and strategy is. Yeah. I mean, I think that is the immediate first step and, and maybe the step before that. So if you want, to, you want to break up step one into step A and step B, you really need to identify someone that's going to take, that they need to have ownership of it. Who within your firm owns innovation, particularly around AI? From there, you need to establish your policy. What is the policy of, and it's not a matter of, you know, I hear firms saying, oh, we're not allowed to use AI. Good Lord. That's not a, that's not the great way to go simply because it's just going to be so readily available. Um, and you see that you see it now, you know, go to LinkedIn and, and if you get a message and you click on it, it does prompt you to, do you want an AI response? That's exactly what's going to happen when Outlook gets it. How do you want to, do you want people to use AI to respond to emails? 
I mean, it's one of those things that you really need to kind of get a handle on it. So I think getting that innovation leader identified and then focusing on your AI policy in terms of how you're going to incorporate it are, are huge steps. The other piece is, I mean, don't shy away from finding a consultant that can help you do these things. You don't, if you don't, you're not comfortable, you're not big enough, you don't want to hire an innovation leader. There are several people out there that can come in and help you identify what your policy is, do the assessment, help you kind of get oriented on that. And then you go from there. And then I think the third big thing is, is that you need to start training your people on how to use it, right? It's one thing to have the technology available. It's a whole nother game to actually kind of figure out how to use it effectively, right? I think when we, when I look at it, you know, oh my God, it's an efficiency play. I can, I can save on overhead by incorporating AI. Well, not if everybody's not trained. Right? If they're not trained to use it, they're going to spend more time trying to figure out how to do it or actually produce results that are worse than if someone tried to do it on their own. And then they're going to spend more time doing it. So identify that leader, set your policy, get prepared for it today. Um, and then you really need to start training your folks. And, you know, and there's consultants and there's external organizations that provide this stuff today. Just, you know, if you know what you need, then you know what kind of training you need. But, you know, um, start 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 beefing up your training dollars for next year around AI. And then I guess the next natural step, right, based on kind of what we were talking about earlier, right, is the marketing and the sales portion, right? Yeah. Your kind of first entry into the business. How should firms like specifically be using AI, right, to enhance their marketing and sales operations? Yeah, and, and that's a great question. And, and I'm going to use an example of what I do for myself. Become a thought leader. So, you know, the one thing about social media is, is relevance and consistency and timing, right? So everything, everything on social media has a shelf life of less than a day, right? It, you post it, it gets a whole bunch of views, and then you'll see your views just kind of kind of taper off. So it's all about consistency. Um, I think the biggest challenge that most AE firms run into is, is that they're inconsistent on social media, meaning that they they post something and then 30 days later, they'll post something else. And mainly because it's it's an activity that people just don't have time or they get busy and they never come back to it. Where AI is going to really have a play in is that you, know, you can go in and spend one day and develop 30 days of social media content and then use a scheduling tool to post it every day for the next 30 days. That's going to help you build your consistency. So when I see AI kind of helping today, you can then become a thought leader within this space, within your space, within your specialty by helping AI, one, kind of come up with the content and the ideas to help generate that. Two, not spending a ton of time to do that. So you can end up doing that. So you can have a, say you have a leader uh, within your organization and you really want to kind of promote them around a particular topic. Well, create the calendar build out the topics, write the content, schedule it out. That person now has content for the next 30 days. And you're not spending days and weeks and thinking about that. So the, the immediate impact is there. The second immediate impact is really around when we think about how we respond to proposals and how we respond to content requests. It's, oh, we got to create a project sheet. Oh, we need to get an SOQ. We need to get, you know, we need to do something. And we're always trying to create it from scratch. Or what we're doing is we're taking something that already exists and just kind of tweaking it a little bit to, to get there. And we're wasting time around that. AI does a fabulous job with taking existing content and repurposing it. So you can take, the, you can take that project sheet, give it a little bit more context, change up the, the, the particular client or the industry or whatever it is, 
and have AI just reproduce the content for you in a new format. And it's going to save time. So I think when you think about those impacts, all those things that the marketers kind of feel that are it's busy work or they don't have enough time to do that, they'll be able to do that with AI. And it sounds, but it all goes back to your first point, right? You have to get people trained so they actually know what they're doing. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, without a doubt, I think it, giving them the tool is is half your battle. The other battle is is really training them to kind of figure out how to use it best the ability. And the umbrella all over that is, is what are the rules that you have to give them the policy, the rules to sit there and say, this is what you can and cannot do with, uh, with AI. So it's, it's right. It's C step one, a C step one B, and that's kind of your, your guiding, your guiding hand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly it. So Frank, you kind of laid out like what's possible today using mm-hmm. AI in the sales and marketing space, right? But like, What's on your mind, like for the future? What's coming down the pipe in the next, I don't know, six months, year, five years? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing or the biggest buzz that's out there is this whole concept of private AI. So if you think about what AI is today, it's all public, right? Everyone has access to ChatGPT and Claude and Microsoft Bing. Um, and it's kind of in this open sphere. And, and people are concerned. They're concerned that, well, should I use proprietary data? Should I not use proprietary data? What you're going to find is in the next year or less, the concept of private AI is going to, is going to take off. And you, the, big, the people that you expect to lead it are going to be the ones that lead it. Microsoft, for example. Do not put it past Microsoft to have some Azure solution that allows you to store your data in SharePoint or wherever it is, and then have a private AI that only looks at your data um, within, that, within, within your Azure cloud. They're going to sell that as a service. There's a lot of benefit to that. I think everyone I talk to is like, well, we don't want to use AI because it's it's open, it's public. They're very sensitive about, I don't want to put my sensitive data in there, et cetera. So I think when you think about a private cloud, private AI is, the, is, is honestly the next logical thing that's going to come out in terms of what's going to happen in terms of, of getting organizations to really adopt this. Um, ChatGPT literally just came out with their version last week um, that allows you to kind of create a private AI. Um, it doesn't allow it. It's not shared with the, the underlying features. It's available to the plus loot users. Um, so you can kind of see that that trend is already starting to happen, and I think it's only going to escalate. The second big thing that you're going to find is, is that some of these big organizations, particularly these application organizations, are finally going to figure out how best to incorporate AI into their tool, whether that's like a Uninet or a Dell Tech, an Autodesk, a Revit, or whatever it is. They're slowly but surely going to start introducing these, these AI-enabled tools um, that's going to impact your accounting departments, going to impact your collections, your invoicing, your timesheets, even down to, to project deliverables. So you need to be prepared for it. It's 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 coming. It's the question is is kind of matter of when. When are these organizations going to be prepared to do these things? But it, it's almost like everyone you talk to, um, they're already starting to think about like, yeah, we're we're you know talk to the internet folks, and it's like, yeah, we've already been thinking about AI. How does that you know? But how? How does that impact? And they don't think they have that answer to that question just yet, or maybe they're not sharing it, but it's going to impact your timesheets. It's going to impact your dashboards. It's going to impact you know, um, your resource planning. Replace Uninet with Dell Tech or any other ERP solution. And I guarantee they're thinking about that exactly same thing. So I think it's, it's important when you kind of think about it, it's, it's coming. So 
private AI is the real big thing. I think you need to start assessing what applications that you are using today and get that innovator within your organization to start researching to figure out what are these organizations doing around AI so that we can be prepared for it. And Frank, if you look at just how almost overnight and it wasn't overnight for kind of those in the know, right? Like I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking at our bottom toolbar in Zoom here, right? AI Companion, Notion, LinkedIn, Microsoft's Copilot. Every yeah. it's almost like every single piece of software has some sort of AI companion to help you work more efficiently, right? So I'm thinking if that happened, you know, within the past year, right? Like what do you think the next year to five years is going to be? It, it's only going to yeah. get crazier. No, absolutely. And you think about that, you know, there's just the note-taking capability to be able to, to log into Zoom and have it tr not only record the conversation, but to transcribe it. And then once it's stored in the cloud, to be able to reference this through some type of AI search to sit there and say, hey, I had a conversation with Nick. What was, you know, give me a summary of that conversation in less than 200 Right. To have that that capability to sit there and, and 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 really just kind of create that summary without ever having to go back and to listen to that transcript. I think it's it's crazy um, when you think about it. And they're going to be able, you know, Microsoft, that co-pilot, you know, the stuff that I've seen about it, the, the ability for it to kind of read all of your emails and point out things that are important for you to respond to, um, even kind of you know, formulating answers to questions and, and, and the efficiency piece, I think is going to be, it's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty impressive, kind of scary in some ways, but it's going to be definitely impressive. And, and one piece that I'm thinking about now is, you know, right, plans, pretty much the heart and soul of, of AEC, right? How mm -hmm. AI can start to read plans and, you know, whether it be quantity takeoffs or questions, discrepancies. I mean, same thing with, you know, yeah. spe specifications, et cetera. So I know that's something I've got my eye on as well. Not oh, as yeah. much, not as much attention. I feel like has been given to to plan since it's not as it's very specific to what mm -hmm. we do as AEC professionals, and not so much like the the mainstream. Yeah, but there are firms out there now that are that are focused on you know automating the construction document creation, mm -hmm. right? So how do you eliminate that and to be able to create construction documents on the fly based off of of, of data? Um, I, I think it's going to be pretty impressive to kind of see how that comes to be. Now, the one thing I do like to kind of point out is, you know, we talk about how fast this expanded in terms of new tools and new companies. The reality is, is the vast majority of these AI companies that are out there are going to fail. They're going to run out of money. They may be having, they may have a great product, but the reality is, is that they're not going to get subscribers or something. And, and it's the ones that have the money are the ones that are going to, that are going to end up winning this race. Microsoft, ChatGPT, Amazon, you know, they're they're the ones that are really going to kind of gravitate to the to the top of this. Big application providers like Adobe, Autodesk, you know, the ones that are going to make those investments, they're the ones that are going to be there at the end of the day. The other thing that's going to happen is is that it could be really great technology, and these smaller companies, you know, maybe that's their strategy. They're going to get bought out, and they're you know the XYZ AI company that creates construction documents today could end up being a Dell Tech company tomorrow. <laughs> right. And that, and that's, and so you're going to see a lot of that consolidation come over the next several, uh, several months and years as good products just start to fail to take off. And they're just going to get to either go away or get absorbed through acquisition um, to some larger organization. Right. We've talked about 
many of the benefits of incorporating AI, right, in, in any aspect, right? Yep. We've talked about a couple pitfalls. I think one being privacy is probably the biggest. I think that's on top of, of everyone's mind. But yep. what are some other pitfalls that AEC firms may run into and how do they navigate those? You know, I think there's this underlying skepticism of AI of whether or not it's accurate, right? So it's almost like they, they oh, it's creating content and it's doing these things. This is great. But how do I know that it's right, right? So I, I think when I look at it, I think one of the big pitfalls is that a lot of people just don't trust what the AI is creating, particularly engineers. <laughs> but engineers are, are, are skeptical individuals to begin with, right? So it's, you know, so there's a trust thing that needs to kind of get kind of vetted out. And I think the private AI kind of solves that a little bit. Right. So when we think about that, it's using my data. So therefore I trust the data more. So therefore I trust the AI more. The public AI is, I don't know where they're getting the information from. It seems right, but it's like that trust, but verify is, is kind of more the mantra. So I think some of the pitfalls is, is that you're going to see slow adoption of AI, not because it can't do the job and not that it doesn't do the job well, mainly because people just don't trust the outputs and they're going to slow walk it until they can feel more and more comfortable with it. So I think part of it is really just understanding that AI is a tool and it's a benefit, but that trust and adoption is going to be kind of intertwined with each other. Um, and you're going to kind of see it slow rolled in some parts of our industry. So really just like you would do, right. If, if I'm an engineer, right. And I've got a junior staff person working under me, right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same process, right? Trust would verify and you need to back check work. So that's that's a principle that sh- it sounds like it's not changing. And I don't think it changes. And I, and, and I think the, the other thing that, that people are afraid of, and rightfully so in some ways, but I think misguided in others, AI is not going to replace people. What it's going to do, it's a tool, right? When you think about this at the end of the day, you know, going from a drafting board to um, a digital drafting board using, say, AutoCAD, didn't eliminate jobs. It just shifted how people were doing their work. And I think AI is the same same way, that it, it's going to complement the structural engineer and not replace the structural engineer. It's going to help that person do their job better. So it's just another tool in their toolbox in order to be more efficient and, and, and be able to be um, more productive in the things that they do and complement what they do. But you're always going to have, and even on the marketing side, very rarely do I ever recommend that someone actually get AI to produce something and then just use it as it is. It needs to go through some kind of human refinement. Someone needs to proofread it. Someone needs to add a little bit of, you know, it, it tends to, to, to write things very mechanically. Give it more of a human voice. Give it some softer tone and use better language. But someone has to do that before it's actually used. So I think that's the same, the same concept. I can use AI to as an architect to help with concepts and renders and then use AI to kind of help me take that render into a drawing, but the architect still needs to verify those things and kind of, and so it's almost, almost like it's a tool. And you got to remember that there's always going to be some form of human refinement in, in everything that we do. And I don't think that goes away anytime soon. And, and that's a, you know, a skill that everyone needs to develop in this industry. And, and speaking of skills, right. Let's go back to that innovation leader, right? Yeah. Like what specifically are you recommending to them to be ready for, you know, these waves of AI that keep coming in pretty much the ever-changing landscape, like anything specific that you'd recommend? 
you know, pick someone younger in your organization, someone that that's maybe kind of grown up with a little bit more technology. I think your more senior leaders, um, you know, they're going to tend to be a little bit more skeptical and maybe not so open to, to adopting technology. So I would look for someone that, you know, an up and coming leader within your organization to really kind of task them with, you know, embracing the technology in a way to where, what does it look like in three years, five years, 10 years? AI is a little different though, because, you know, we may be thinking, what does it look like in three months, five months, 10 months, right? So it, it, it can be a little challenging, but I think it's, you need to find someone that is really kind of open-minded to the, to the technology um, and really kind of understanding how it's going to impact not only just the fringes of the organization, like the marketing and the back office, the accounting piece, but how does it also impact project delivery? How does it also impact our clients? How are our clients using AI, right? I don't think we talk a lot about that, um, but I don't know if you've noticed that there are some organizations now that, that force you to check a box saying that your proposal um, will be reviewed by AI and you have to either agree or disagree with that, with that statement. That is, you know, so you think about that, those procurement organizations are going to incorporate AI into their selection of projects. Are you prepared for that? Right. And so those are the things you need to think about. So it's not only thinking about it. And so your leader not only has to think about it internally, it's also has to think about the, the marketing, the back office and the project delivery side, but that we also got to think about how your clients are utilizing it. So it's someone that is, that is taking a much broader view of the AI landscape. And really kind of understanding from end to end how this would, would, is going to impact your organization. And that you've got the, got me thinking about now, right? Like client expectations too, not just like that they're going to read your proposal with AI, right? But what do they think about you as their service provider using it? Are they going to expect faster timeline? Are they going to expect, hey, I saw XYZ AI in the news, right? And right, exactly. that's a whole that's a whole different set of, of expectations. Yeah, I mean, how are you prepared? Like if um, the client comes back and says, you know, if you've used AI for this proposal, you know, do you have data standards and what's your policy? Like, are you prepared to, to hand over a policy to a client to sit there and say, this is how AI is used? It's coming, right? It, you know, at some point, the clients are going to be, they're going to want to know, just like your data retention policies were back in the, the early 2000s, where everyone was just like, oh, we need to understand how you store client data. When you submit a proposal or you're, you're submitting deliverable work, I guarantee at some point clients are going to ask you for, what is your policy around the use of AI? And did you use AI in anything that you're delivering to us? You need to be prepared to answer that question. And most organizations right now are not. Frank, this this discussion has been very enlightening and right, we could have it again in probably three to six months or sooner and it could be completely different. But any any final thoughts or words of wisdom for AEC firms that are trying to implement AI in like marketing and sales, right? But pretty much across any faction yeah. of their business. Yeah, I think we've touched on it. I think it's it's finding that innovative leader within your organization or at a minimum, finding a consultant that can help you figure this out. Because everything that we've discussed, you know, even from client expectations to internal expectations, you're going to have to address it in some form or fashion at some point sooner than you think. And, you know, it could be within three months. It could be by the, you know, the end of next year. But at some point, you're going to have to address it. 
how AI is really going to impact both you internally and externally as an organization. Ignoring it and saying we're not going to use it is not really an acceptable way to address this, simply because very few organizations that are taking the wait and see, meaning that, hey, we're going to wait to see what other organizations do, and then we're going to be fast followers. The, the pace that this is moving, you'll never be able to catch up. And so if you're, if you're taking the fast follower type of approach, the reality is, is that you're probably going to be way behind when you try to catch up. Because by the time you catch up, it's already moved on to the next three months. And the, and the pace of this has just been astronomical. So it's one of those things to where you really need to kind of, if you don't want to be running right now, you at least got to be jogging or walking because you need to be moving in that direction at, at some, some pace. Because if you're standing still, you're going to catch up to the three months, but the technology is going to move on so quickly that you're going to have to do it again. And you're going to be in this constant race of always trying to catch up. So I, I, I think most organizations really need to kind of focus on how do we figure this out? Even if we don't incorporate it, we need to be thinking about this, identifying the right people, and at least keeping pace of what is happening so that when we get ready to do adoption, we're not playing so much catch up that we never do because the technology moves too fast. So it's you need to embrace this. And, and it's a matter of figuring out what's best for your firm, but ignoring it is not the right answer. And and somewhat ironically, Frank, I think this is going to further, you know, further explain like the importance of why relationships are so important within firms, right? Because again, it all comes back down to finding that right person and making sure they're keeping up with the trends, seeing what yeah. other people do are doing, right? Networking with other, other executives in the industry. So right. although we talk a lot about right, AI automation being more efficient, it's it's just another form of, of people and relationships. Absolutely. And, and I think you summed it up in a great way. And I think with other technology, I think waiting and then adopting later once it becomes more established was acceptable way to deal with it. With AI, because of, you know, the amount of changes, like I go back and I look at, you know, last February, last January, I only had 16 applications that were, I was kind of monitoring um, that were going to impact my day to day. Six months after that, I had over a hundred that I couldn't even keep up with. And then three months after that, actually this past September, I mean, there's just literally thousands of applications. So I don't even, so like even the people that are following this have a hard time trying to keep up with the pace of what's going on. So I think, you know, if you continue to wait, there's so much that's going to happen. You're just never going to be able to catch up on where the technology is and how it's impacting you. And the way I like to explain it, right, is like we we think relatively linearly as people, right? Yep. But technology and particularly the explosion of AI and what's been available is not linear, right? I don't no. know if it's I don't know if it's exponential, whatever the case may be, right? It is far beyond our kind of usual thinking patterns and ability to absorb information, right? Which is I think that's part of the reason why it seems so crazy just looking at yep. the whole landscape. Yeah. And if you're going to wait for it to shake out, it's never going to be that way. Like, you know, every time I turn around, ChatGPT is launching some new feature and Microsoft is launching some other feature. And it's just, it's just constantly evolving. It's just like, I can't even keep up with what they just launched a couple of weeks ago. Now they have all these new features and it's like, okay, now I got to, I got to basically retrain myself and reset myself. And I think organizations that wait are going to, they're going to struggle with that because, you know, by the time they get up to speed on, on feature A, Feature B and C and D are already out. 
And it's like, whoa, <laughs> how do we incorporate that? Um, so yeah, it's going to be a big challenge for most organizations. But the, the the thing is, is get ahead of it. You know, identify that one person that's going to keep the pulse of what's happening so that when you decide to make a move, you're already ready to go. Or, right, link up like someone with someone like yourself, Frank. And, and on that yep. note, right, like if if the audience has more questions for you, you know, maybe wants to get your opinion on their company's AI strategy, right? Like, what is the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, best way is, you know, reach out on LinkedIn, um, you know, just do a quick, quick search and find me there or shoot me an email at, you know, frank at aemarketer.com. Um, and, you know, more than happy to kind of talk to you about what I can do to help and, you know, kind of, you know, give, get an assessment on kind of where you are as an organization. Um, and, and it's a good step to take if you don't know where to go. Um, is, you know, start to talk to someone, talk to someone like me or, or any number of the people that are out there right now that, that can kind of help you get oriented and move forward in the right direction. And, and there you have it, everyone. And if you didn't get a chance to, you know, write Frank's email down or his website, that'll be in the show notes for you when you get a chance to look. So Frank, thank you again so much for joining us today. It's been a great conversation. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Please remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at aectechpodcast.com. There, you will find a summary of key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering and technology endeavors. Thank you.